Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. Well, it's my joy to take you back with me to the 23rd Psalm. And if you remember early in this uh, year, I shared the fact that God had given me a word as I prayed. I prayed that the Lord would show me something about 2021. And this word confident kept rising in my soul. Confident where? Confident in my God. Confident in our shepherd. And today I want to talk about the fact that our shepherd provides for us. You know, there are places in Scripture that are powerful, so deep, that to recite them is to experience them. And Psalm 23 is one of those places. Uh, One scholar said that the psalm itself is a green pasture. The psalm itself is still waters. The psalm itself restores our soul. And Psalm 23 is very personal. There's no references to to, uh, we or us or them or they, but it's only my, me, and I, and you. This is David's testimony of his personal experience with God. And it's precious to us. It's a psalm that heals our wounded souls. And what makes this a constant friend is that it covers all of our life. With simple beauty, it speaks of green pastures and still waters and dark valleys and enemies and adversities. But it also speaks of living with God eternally, that I would dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You may remember hearing of, or maybe you read Charles Dickens' old novel. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. Well, we're in the best of times. We're also in the worst of times. And some people are clinging deep to God and his word and other people, well, for them, it's the age of foolishness. But in our age of wisdom, you're wise because you're with me today. We understand that, well, to linger over the words that David writes is not just poetic exaggeration or theoretical theology. He's experienced God in deep ways. He's heard the voice of God. He's felt the leading of God. He's felt God lift his downcast spirit up and care for him deeply. Beneath the beauty of his words, there's solid convictions that were were being formed in the crucible of crisis. So allow me again to read these words with you. If you have them in front of you, Read them. If they're on the screen with where you are, read them. If you remember them from studying the Bible, memorizing scripture, or maybe Sunday school or VBS, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters and he restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you've anointed my head with oil, and my cup, it overflows. 
Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What's really amazing about this psalm is there's no petition here. There's no request. It's not even a prayer. It's the declaration of confidence, confidence in God. Because God is our shepherd king. He'll always care for our every need. He'll always care for us. And David was completely confident in God's goodness, both in this life and in the life to come. So it begs the question, how are you in the God confidence area? Do you trust in him? Are you living with uncertainty above faith? Are you living with doubt above hope? Or do you stand in confidence and assurance knowing that God is the shepherd to you and to me and we are his sheep? And then in the rest of the psalm, David explains the practical results or if I could say the practical effects of the fact that God is our shepherd. Now, when Moses received the Ten Commandments, the the, the tablets of the thou shalt and shalt nots, he tells, God tells Moses in Exodus 34, 6 and 7, something very profound. It says, the Lord passed before Moses and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting iniquity of the fathers on their children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. He tells Moses, there's a balance of mercy and compassion and judgment. But don't worry, as we look at the New Testament, we understand because Christ Jesus who came to be the one who would forgive our iniquity and forgive our sin, he would break the curse of sin from one generation to the next. So the Lord is merciful. He's gracious. He's compassionate. He's our shepherd. And this is the current reality. This is the current state of being that God is my shepherd, that he's the shepherd of all people who decide to follow after him. The Lord is my shepherd. And David chose the image of a shepherd with his sheep to picture our relationship to God. The image of a a sheep certainly describes us. And I think that's one of the reasons that David chose it. But also because the image of a shepherd best describes God's role in our lives. Psalm 23 is the divine job description of Jesus Christ, our shepherd king who labors day and night for our good. So understand this. When we say the Lord is my shepherd, we're really saying in New Testament terms, Jesus is my shepherd. You can read John chapter 10 and unpack that yourself and see Jesus as our good shepherd. And he's capable and he's faithful. And his plans, well, they're always good. The one who has the Lord The one who owns all things will have everything that they need. He will supply for us whatever is good in itself and whatever would be good for us. Now, Philip Keller, who several years ago wrote a masterful book on the 23rd Psalm, 
was himself an Australian shepherd. And he writes this, I shall not lack. I shall not lack the expert care and management of my master. He's the owner who delights in his flock. For him, there's no greater reward, no deeper satisfaction than that of seeing his sheep contented, well-fed, safe, and flourishing under his care. This is indeed his very life. And he gives it all, all that he has as our good shepherd. He literally lays himself out for those who are his sheep. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not lack. And what is it that we shall not lack? What is it that we shall not want? Well, the first thing I want you to see is that we will not lack provision. We won't lack it. Pretty bold statement in a world that's uncertain, in a world that depletes us and depletes our souls. Psalm 23, 2 and 3 says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. These are confident and restful words. Obviously, grass and water are the sheep's greatest necessities. And our shepherd meets the necessities of the sheep, and he does so in abundance. We don't lack his provision. And what I want you to see is though... It's, it's worded in a way that we could somehow believe that everything we long for will be given to us. But that's not true. Here's what he does. He makes me lie down. He leads me. This describes the shepherd's personal care and the provision for each one of us. And what does he do? He restores our soul. And dear ones, isn't that where we long the most? Down inside of our souls? And when you think about sheep, these helpless, domesticated animals that God made, they can almost do nothing for themselves. They can't find their way. They can't find their way back. They can't care for themselves. They can't defend themselves. They can't um, provide the grass or the water that they need. They're, They're completely dependent upon their shepherd for everything. That's exactly how we are. And because of the kind of shepherd we have, we know that he will provide for us. Remember that over 200 times in scripture, we're called sheep. Everything good that we have in this life, physical or spiritual, comes to us from the hand of our shepherd, from his provision. God has promised to provide for his own. Let that sink in. He makes us lie down in green pastures. In other words, ideal, succulent pastures, the kind of food that's perfect for sheep. And David says that our God caused us to lie down in those green pastures. What a remarkable statement. One of the shepherd's primary tasks is to find good pasture for his flock. Not just in the rainy season, when it's easy, but all year long. In Israel, dry seasons, it's rough to find good pasture. And the best pastures are kept for the crops. Because sheep would eat the vegetation and thereby pollute the good 
soil. In spite of difficult conditions, David knew firsthand that he shepherded in the area of Bethlehem. And he said, in spite of how hard it may be, our shepherd makes us able to lie down in green pastures, to have the best pastures. Now, in other words, our shepherd will go to extraordinary lengths to make sure our needs are met. But there's still deeper meaning in this expression. As I shared last week, sheep will not rest if they're hungry. They won't rest if they're fearful. They won't rest if they're not getting along with other sheep, if they have uh, social issues. And we see the picture in this expression is not merely of God's provision, but of abundant provision. He calms our heart. He calms our fear. And he makes us rest. He leads me beside quiet waters. And last week we saw that sheep have difficulty if the water moves too swiftly. And difficulty if the water is too turbulent, therefore making noise. Sheep are skittish and move away. Our shepherd not only provides food for his sheep, but water as well. Like us, the body of the sheep consists about 70% of water on average, and water that they so desperately need comes primarily from different sources. And where does it come from? Well, the dew in the morning, the dew on the grass. In other areas, the sheep can go a long time without actually drinking, but when it's too hot, the shepherd needs to find them a source of water, a well, a spring, a stream. And he leads us there beside the still waters. Now, again, Philip Keller recounts an event from his own sheep herding days. And he says a friend from the city came and visited him out in the fields, brought their little Pekingese dog. <laughs> A flock of 200 sheep under Keller's care had been resting quietly nearby. As soon as they saw that little dog get out of the car, one by one the sheep leapt to their feet and ran away at full speed. Panic from a little Pekingese dog. 200 sheep running for their lives. And so because of this tendency, it's not uncommon for shepherds to have to move some large rocks in a stream bed into a place in order to create a little dam that slows the flow of the water and that collects some water in a little basin. Only then, after it's been carefully prepared, will the sheep actually drink. Now, the reason for me telling you this story is because if God is our shepherd, he's working things out for us even though we don't see it, or know it, or hear it, or feel it. Sometimes the, this work of God takes an incredible amount of effort, obviously, to get the sheep to the right pool of water. Our shepherd leads his sheep to the watering holes or to an oasis that have more than enough, and after they have drunk their fill, they can lie down and rest. And when they're done resting, if they want to, <laughs> they can get up and drink again. 
And that's my purpose today. Really the main point of my message, that God is capable, that God is caring, that God is compassionate, and he's all this for all of you. What do you need? What confuses you? What is upsetting to you right now? What are you concerned about the most? What weighs you down? Where are you fearful? God's promise of provisions means that God will take care of you and his primary task is your soul. Salvation, of course, restoring us and our relationship back to God, restoring our soul, as we saw last week, bringing us back to our original intention and design coming to give us the ability to breathe again in our soul, as David defined it as nephesh, the place of breath, that God would give us breath when we've been winded by life. We've climbed the hill and we're out of breath or we're out of air. See, you and I can have confidence in our shepherd, not only Does he make whatever he gives to us to satisfy us? But he always provides us with what is best. Psalm 84 verse 11 and 12 says, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Again, this this doesn't mean that God gives you everything you want. But it means he gives you exactly what you need, what's best for your soul. Charles Spurgeon was commenting on this, the preacher of yesteryear. And it's sort of a contrast between the Lord providing what we need and not always giving us what we want. And he said these words, I may not possess all that I wish for, but I shall not want. It is not only I do not want, but I shall not want. Come what may, if famine would devastate the land or calamity destroy the city, I shall not want. Old age with its feebleness shall not bring me any lack, and even death with all its gloom shall not find me destitute. I have all things in abound, not because I have good store of money in the bank, not because I have skill and wit, with which to win my bread, but because the Lord is my shepherd, God's promise of provision. So let me summarize the promises that are really found in these verses for us. The Lord promises his provision and his provision for our needs, first of all, is comprehensive. In other words, God meets both our physical needs and our spiritual needs. The second thing I want you to see is God's provision is consistent in his time, in his way, according to what he has determined is best for each sheep. He meets our needs. He's consistent. He always comes through. Maybe not on our time, but always at the right time. And the third thing is that God's provision is abundant. When we have had all that we need, There's still more, more grace, more mercy, more compassion, more care. I love the familiar passage of Ephesians 
3.20 that says, Now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. The glory is forever because God is consistent, because God is abundant. Keep your focus on the abundant provider. Now, sure, there's reality, and I'm not asking you to live in denial. You have needs. I have needs. We all have needs. The church has needs. The community has needs. Our world has needs. But watch your focus. Be careful where you look for the answers to the needs of your soul. Dr. James Dobson told a story about how his father would take him into the woods. They would hide near a place where the deer came to feed. The bucks and the does, the fawns, they were all there. And when the deer came to feed, they would be able to take pictures without the deer even knowing. For the deer were focused on the plants, on the flowers, on the grass they were grazing upon. And his father pointed out that because the deer was thinking so much about the food, they were also thinking it was safe and it was free for them to eat all they wanted. But they were also vulnerable to hunters who could have brought guns instead of cameras. Life is like that. If it's a place for us to to focus upon, it can be a trap set by the devil himself. So draw near to the shepherd instead. And the fourth thing is that God's provision is always appropriate. As I read through this psalm, every piece that's in it, every illustration or metaphor that David uses is that the sheep are needing rest. The sheep are needing water. The sheep are needing care. The sheep are needing guidance. The sheep are needing their cups to be filled to overflowing. And they can't do any of that by themselves. God's provision is appropriate. Matthew 6, 8 says, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Isn't that refreshing? That before we even begin to articulate what it is we would need from God, he already knows. And number five, God's provisions for our needs, well, they are eternal. They're eternal. I'm jumping ahead and we'll come back to this, but Psalm 23, 6 says, Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We'll talk more about that in a few weeks. But I want to encourage you today to simply believe in the best of times, in the worst of times, that God is our provider. And that's something deep in our souls, a, a resilience that we cannot fabricate on our own, a filling of our cup that we cannot do on our own. And the goodness and the mercy and the love of God provided for us that really none of us, especially me, deserve. Remember, when something is out of control, It's not out of God's control. And when it comes to control, we have control of only one thing, surrender. 
We are the ones that can give our lives over to God. We are the ones that can give our lives over to Jesus as our Savior and our Lord. We are the ones who can put our confidence in God. That we get to control. We get to control the thoughts that we have, the faith that we hold, and the surrender that we relinquish to the Lord. If you follow and let Jesus shepherd you, you'll know goodness and loving kindness all of your life, and you'll live forever in heaven. There's one way to heaven. It's Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. If you don't know him, I encourage you. Give your life over to him. Believe in him. Confess him as Lord. And as the scripture says, you shall be saved. And for those of you who are walking with the Lord in the best of times and the worst of times, we should never be afraid of God's guidance and direction for us. It is our responsibility to stay close to him and he draws close to us so that he can provide all that we need in our souls and the healing that we long for. I encourage you to sit with God. Find some time today. Find some time this week and allow God to to be like a counselor. And here's what he would say to you. Share your heart with me. He longs for us to share our heart with him. You know what's said of the shepherds? That they could have 200 sheep like Keller did. And amidst of all the bah, bah, all the noise that they have, they're able to key in on each one of their sheep just by the sound differential between one and another. And they're also able to discern. I was fascinated to find this out. The need of the sheep based on the noise that it makes. Listen, go to God. Share your heart with him. He already knows what you have need of, yet he longs for you to tell him. And he'll give you rest and he will bless you. So Lord, thank you. Thank you for your provision. Thank you that you are the shepherd that we can be confident in and put our trust in. Thank you, God, for my dear friends, my dear LFC family, and those today that might be brand new, watching for the first time, looking for answers, looking for hope. Our hope is in you, Lord, our shepherd. And because of you, we want no other shepherd. And we don't lack anything that we need for our souls. Thank you, God. And may each of you be blessed. May the Lord's grace be upon you. May his light shine upon you. And may he give you his peace. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.